Welcome back to our book talk segment of the program. Great to welcome today a woman who's written a very interesting book and a uh, helpful book as well that uh, deals a lot with uh, neighborhoods and uh, how they can be revitalized, and she has done it. Uh, the book is called Reclaiming Your Community. You don't have to move out of your neighborhood to live in a better one. We're joined today by Majora Carter. She's a real estate developer, urban revitalization strategy consultant, and a very talented woman in her own right. She's also done radio, so maybe we'll find out a little bit about that as well. She joined us by telephone today, and Majora Carter, good to talk with you. How are you? Thanks for having me, Doug. I'm great. Yeah, Thank good you. to have a chance to talk to a fellow New Yorker. I was born in Brooklyn, but grew up on Long Island. But uh, I know you you grew up in the in the South Bronx, so uh, you were really part of the city. I was just outside yep. it. <laughs> Yep, and I'm still here, too. So You're still there. That's kind of the point of the book a little bit because uh, you talk about, uh, and you've done a lot of these projects about uh, kind of keeping, uh, you know, the neighborhoods going. And, and uh, the theme of the book, at least from what I gathered reading it, is, uh, you know, you want to, people, if they want to revitalize their own neighborhood, you got to keep people there to do it, right? You can't rely on out, outsiders to do it for you. Exactly, exactly. We have to kind of think about where do, you know, communities that are born and people that are born and bred in communities like the one I grew up in, um, you know, where do they spend their money, you know, and, and basically helping people see that if they're, if they spent their money in their own community, we could actually help revitalize them from the inside out. And, and every city has this issue. I mean, we have it here in Sarasota. There's, uh, you know, certain neighborhoods that, uh, that, that are doing a job, a good job of it in part, part, partially, but other areas that just, you look at it and you say, why can't things be done? So it's not just New York we're talking about, but, uh, you know, here in Florida and the Midwest, everywhere, Absolutely. right? Right, and it's not just cities either. I mean, they're Native American reservations. You know, they're uh, former, you know, all-white, you know, whether it's coal mining towns or, you know, other kind of rust belt towns where there's no more industry there anymore that produces the jobs. I mean, those are the kind of places, you know, where it's just that people are led to believe that there's the poverty that exists there, cultural attribute, it's a cultural attribute, and yes, there's money to be made by, by maintaining it in the form of concentrated government subsidized affordable housing, rental housing in particular, you know, community centers, health clinics, and pharmacies like that, but what we discovered, you know, through the, the kind of research on our own that we started before we started developing here, is that people in our own communities, you know, will leave our communities to experience the, the kind of lifestyle that, that makes them feel better about the community that they're in. You know, things like cafes and restaurants, parks and bookstores, and, and things that meet, you know, those other expectations. So that you want to have people there so they can express themselves and meet other people like them. Yeah, you make a good point there, and, and you talk about it in the book. You, you put some businesses together. I think one was a cafe that, that you just mentioned right there. It can't be just, like you said, you know, a health clinic. That's fine. Uh, it's great. You know, we all need that. But you need the people in the area to feel comfortable or at least uh, inspired to, uh, to create a business and try and make it work, right? And you need several businesses to kind of create a, a reason for people to shop somewhere. Precisely. And so reclaiming here means that we don't measure success by how far we get away from our own communities because it involves retaining the talent that's already there to improve those, those surroundings and for our own economic future. You know, it's about... It is about recognizing that there's always been talent and value in those quote unquote marginalized communities and that we could and should aspire to create a future that is economically, emotionally and and also spiritually meaningful to ourselves. Unfortunately, that's the hard sell, right? I mean, you talk about that in the book as well. It hasn't been easy for you to, to do some of these, any of these projects, but you have to get people, uh, I guess, first of all, to listen or, or believe that it's possible, right, before you can uh, move to the next step. Yes, right. 
but that's the beautiful part. I mean, um, you know, just, yes, it is hard and it can be. It's like, you know, I spent lots of time and money doing these things, but also the, the, the benefit of it is just when you get to see how, when the light, literally like the proverbial light bulb goes on over people's heads when they're wondering like, why do I always have to leave my community in order to experience something great? You know, so us building the the, top, the cafe that we did, um, the Boogie Down Grind, which is just sort of like an homage to, to, to hip hop, which is a part of, you know, the, the South Bronx in the first place of right. that. But what it really did do was provide a place for people you know, to come and show their best selves. I mean, I don't think many people even understood like the, how cool their neighbors were <laughs> in a bunch right. of ways until the, the day we, we would like host things like, um, you know, open mics and, uh, you know, and, and art shows, you know, at our little cafe that would just make people go, huh, like, look, I, this is my neighbor down the street. And I didn't even know they lived here because, you know, basically they would go outside of the community to experience those kind of things. So building them here, you know, is, is the exact opposite, you know, of gentrification when we're really, when, which is essentially means that outsiders are coming in to change a community to suit their own needs. Um, reclaiming it involves obtaining that talent to suit the the, the needs and, and aspirations of people that are already here. Yeah, talent retention and, uh, like you said, brain drain. I mean, uh, you want the talented people to, uh, even if they go away to school, maybe they go away to college or another state or something, but yeah. to come back. And that, that's a hard thing to do, I guess, right, in some yeah. cases. It, it is. And also, I mean, everybody loves that Cinderella story of people coming from, you know, low-status communities and, you know, hard scrabble places and then going off and being somebody. But, you know, that's why, you know, I took an approach from the, from the business world, you know, which is, you know, keep your top performers close. So talent retention as a community development strategy, you know, which is some, you know, um, because those Cinderella stories and they are sometimes called brain drain. They're the ones that are taught to measure success by how far they get away from their communities. They want the same thing as anyone else. And why aren't we, you know, creating the right kind of lifestyle infrastructure so that people feel like they can actually make those investments in our own community mm-hmm. that allow them to feel like, well, I, I can do this in my own neighborhood. I can be that positive role model here. Oh, I can even be, you know, um, inspired by people in my own community that I didn't even know existed. And that's what's exciting to me. And I'm, you know, we see it. You know, the, the fruits of our labor um, here is that, you know, the building that little cafe that, you know, that we did, we're watching other folks feel like, oh, my goodness, like there is something, you know, cool about my neighborhood and beautiful. And I want to be a part of it. You know, I don't want to sell my family's home. You know, I want to stay here. I want to build a business here. And that is, in essence, that's building the foundation of the kind of social and economic ecosystem that makes us feel like we don't have to move out of our neighborhood to live in a better one. Yeah, you need one to work, be successful, and then success breeds success, but it's getting that first one done. That, that's the t- that's the challenge, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, and that's, you know, I'm grateful, you know, that I've, you know, had the, the opportunity to be able to, to put myself out there and sort of basically, you know, use my own community as my research and development lab you know, to show what's possible. But the, but the cooler thing is, is that, you know, I'm not alone. You know, in some of the examples in my book, I show that other folks have been doing this, you know, on their own, you know, for a while around the country. And I highlight some of those examples as well. And they're from places as diverse as Cordova, Alaska, you know, where the, um, Zoom, Zoom Laggard of the EAC nation is working to, to, to build, you know, a really, like a a big nation, uh, native owned, you know, kelp manufacturing, 
manufacturing uh, facility um, all over Alaska, you know, uh, the folks in, in uh, East Oakland and uh, East Bay Permanent Real Estate Cooperative are building, working to create a community-owned, literally owned, um, you know, new housing and uh, commercial development, which is awesome. You know, and the folks in uh, in Philadelphia and Jumpstart Germantown are actually creating a whole new uh, generation of, of housing developers from the local communities in Philadelphia. Yeah, so that's great. Exciting. I know we have limited time today. I just want to give the title once again, Reclaiming Your Community. You don't have to move out of your neighborhood to live in a better one. And Matura Carter has been our guest, and she wrote the book, and she knows what she's talking about. Because if you can do it in the South Bronx, like they say, you can probably do it anywhere. So, uh, Matura, great to talk to you. Do you have a website you want to direct people to? Absolutely. Matura Carter Group. Uh, com, and you can also follow me on Instagram and uh, at Majora Carter and Twitter as well. Great. Majora, pleasure talking thank to you. you. So Please uh, keep in touch for any future projects. Love to talk to you again, but thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye now. Stan Brock. 30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America isolated by poverty from the health care they need. Together, we can take dental, vision, and medical help to a million adults and their kids right here at home in the United States of America. 